Hey guys, we're back with another week of Find Your Film. This is for the week ending Friday, December 17th, 2021. December 17th, 2020. I can't believe it's been all, it's been a year. Years passed by very, very quickly. Bruce Perky, aka Perk Trappy, Perk Trappy, or Perk Tappy. Are you this is a this is this is a, a little uh little nod to Top Cuppy, which is Eric Holmes's choice to watch this week. And it's going to be part of our segment for the Dean Koontz Wallet Watch. We're gonna we're gonna actually re <laughs> rejig, or we're gonna actually just rediscuss why we're naming this Dean Koontz Wallet Watch. Bruce will talk about it when we get to the end of the episode. But Bruce, can you believe it's been about a year? And Eric, it's been about a year since we did around this time. We were doing a review of The Father with Anthony Hopkins. Does it does no, time fly? For no, we weren't. It, is it? <laughs> no, we weren't. No, we weren't. No. Yeah, doesn't it time, doesn't time fly? I mean, as far as movies go, because we, you know what I'm thinking, Eric, what do you think? Because we have to watch maybe four to five movies a week. Do you think time, in essence, goes by a little bit faster because a lot of us are inundated by our, our respective screens during the week? Definitely. In fact, uh, if you uh, go on the Cinematics Facebook page, Bruce has been putting the, uh, the like 31 movies. And uh, some of those that uh, Bruce... Don't promote what Bruce that, is doing. Don't promote what Bruce... I'm, I'm just saying. What do you... Uh, go ahead, go ahead. Some, some of the movies uh, Bruce have been put up, uh, put up, I was like, oh, yeah, like Mandibles. He put up Mandibles. I'm I love like, that movie. Oh, that was this year, wasn't it? Fuck, it felt like... Like two, three years ago, but it was Yeah, not. we've just covered so many things. And, you know, Eric's referring to for our Cinematics Facebook group, which, by the way, listeners, you can join. Just join our Facebook group here. You get a couple of things. The most important thing is you get just really interesting cinephiles who are on a daily basis, like people like Matt Stillman, Joseph Bridges, Andrew Martin, the list goes on and on. Just different members posting movie recommendations for people to watch. So on a on the most on the most important level, you get to actually when you if you're part of the group, you get to have all these really cool recommendations. And then every single week, I give away one two uh, about two Blu-rays or DVDs each week to our members who join up. So check out our Cinematics Facebook group and Bruce Porky for the last for 31 days. Like it's not 31 days of Christmas; it's the 31 days of Cinephile Christmas. Every single day, he's counting down to number one, and he, each day he posts. One of his favorite movies of the year. Bruce, do you remember what movie you really posted the last couple of days? What's been your last couple of selections as far as your top 31? Uh, yesterday it was Mandibles. Today it was a pair of movies. I'll only mention one of them. One of them was St. Maud and another one is maybe on today's show. Yes, the second one is going. Why did you pair them? Because they're thematically they just link up really good, really well. Uh, they, link, they link up well and also everyone was like, ragging out on um saint Maud, so i thought well i'm gonna give them something else to choose from if they really didn't like saint Maud, i'm gonna give them two choices good now guys both you guys really enjoyed saint Maud, if i recall do you both of you do you understand why there is there are some people who are ragging on this film or they don't like it and why do some people really love it i i feel like there's a big disparity since i've never seen the movie i'd, I'd like to hear what you guys think about saint Maud. Why there's such a big disparity of reactions? From well, actually, from what I remember, it, it was kind of a slow burn. Although that's not really fair because the the a lot of the people on the cinematics Facebook group like slow burn doesn't necessarily mean a boring movie like it would to the main you know mainstream movie audiences. Uh, maybe it just didn't catch them. You know, mm-hmm. like di- different movies. I mean, we've had this on the show, like uh, Prisoners of Ghostland. I love that movie. Bruce love hated it. it. So, yeah. I mean, you know, different. What 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 do you say? Different uh, strokes for different folks. Yeah, but you got a different way of saying. Oh, like, different courses for horses. Yeah, there. Or you different go. horses for courses. 
So maybe it's just uh, it's just one of those. Didn't grab uh, all the horses had different courses for that. All, all the horses or all the different pigs. There's it, it, different different pigs for different styles. Bruce and I love pig, and you did you you liked pig, right? You liked pig, but you didn't love it as much as a lot of people yeah. loved it. Okay, so yes, yes, Bruce. Was there what's the one movie that you absolutely loved this year from the top of your head that you think that most people really did not glom onto or did not like? Is there one movie that you just flip for that you felt that, that you're really in the minority in? Um, maybe Come True. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I know a lot of people have almost a stronger opinion on that than they did on um, Saint Maud. So we'll see. Okay, so for this week, we're, we're going to be, we're gonna be covering, well, I'm counting them, we're covering four movies this week. One of these movies is called Mother Android, and it's with Chloe Grace Moretz. I, I, I actually request this Hulu screener from the wonderful people at Hulu. They sent Bruce and Eric a screening link for some reason. They didn't send me one. I think I should have said, oh, also include me in, the, in that chain, link, uh, chain email, and I never received the link. Hopefully, Bruce and I'm sure Bruce and Eric will talk about whether this movie was actually worth Mother Android, worth watching or not. That's one of the movies we're covering. We're covering a documentary just simply titled President. It's a follow-up to another documentary, I believe, called Democrats from 2014, which I've never seen. All three of us have seen President. I can't wait to hear what Eric Holmes has to say about president i the rumor has it i think bruce was telling me on messages on the uh, on the AOL messenger that while eric was watching president he was gleefully laughing and and saying they deserve it i don't know what that's about so we're going to get no is that the exact a rumor opposite. i was trying not to punch a hole through the screen no actually he was he's he's trying to say that because he he's he's i think i googled it it said virtue signaling i i saw eric watching president and what he was doing bruce do you know what eric was doing cuz i saw him he actually was live watching it with a bunch of bourgeois folks from my area of calabasas he was watching President while eating cake, while eating a big cake. So we'll see. You know, I hate you know, cake. You, okay, there's a lot of a lot of lies thrown out here by by me, folks. By me, I'm I'm the one who's lying. We're also going to be covering a movie called The Novice, which, going back to Eric Holmes, he also said no. And this is the truth. The other stuff about the bourgeois Marie Antoinette French Revolution stuff is wrong and, and a lie. Okay, but. The novice, he said that. What did you say about the novice? What's your movie quote, Eric? Do you remember your movie quote? For the novice? Do you remember um, what you told Bruce? I'm I, looking I forward to hearing what Bruce has to say about it because there's a certain part of it I didn't quite get. Okay. But I'm Bruce. sure once Bruce starts talking about it, you'll see me go. And that's oh. the thing clicking in my head. Like the, the, the wires that aren't quite crossing that should be crossing. Right. I I. I Think while talking about the novice, those wires will finally cross. It'll it'll spark that thing I was missing while watching the movie. Are these wires spoiler driven? Is that something that we have to talk no. off pod? Oh no, okay. No. In fact, I, I think the thing that I'm confused about would be best explained um, going in because if you're like mm. me, it, it, I, yeah. Well, we'll talk about it. We'll we, talk about it in a second. We'll talk about it in, in in a few. Okay, in a few. So that's the novice. Okay, love, but I can't. I can't wait to talk about the novice. And last but not least is a movie called Schemes in Antiques, which. Oh wait, wait. Going back to your movie quote regarding the novice. Eric Holmes, your movie quote, your quote unquote movie quote was, "This is the best rolling film I've ever seen." So that was oh yeah, that's true, that's true. And you got me to actually watch it immediately as soon as you said "best yeah. rolling film ever." So that still holds for you, right? After several days yeah. after, okay. I mean, unfortunately for the novice, it's not a high bar to clear, but I, I think they're not. We'll, we'll, uh, get, there. we'll uh, get there. Well, Bruce, I hear, I hear Bruce. Uh, I might be throwing another lie. Bruce, did you prefer Heart of Champions over the novice? 
Thank you. I couldn't remember what it was called. <laughs> it, it like talk about one eye, in one eye and out the other. Boy, that movie was right out my other eye. No, yes, I loved. I loved Hearts of Hearts of Champions, Champions or Heart of, Heart of so Champions. Much. Heart of Palm. I don't know what it's called. Twilight Rowing. What was it called? Twilight um, Rowing. But this is is this is this the best rowing movie you have ever seen, Bruce? The novice. Can you think I'm of a? Ro- Trying to think. There's a lot of rowing, I think, in Jason and the Argonauts, possibly. I like that quite a bit. So, (laughs) Very good. And last but not least, we are covering a Wellgo USA Entertainment release called Schemes and Antiques, a movie which is kind of like National Treasure, kind of like Raiders of Lost Ark. I I found it very interesting. Would love to hear what Eric and Bruce as well think of Schemes in Antiques. First, let's get to the movie that, since I don't want to talk anymore, speak anymore, because I'm boring. I want to hear what you guys think of the new Hulu film, Mother Android. Hits Hulu specifically on this Friday. So let's start off first. Bruce, Chloe Grace Moretz. It's a post-apocalyptic Android movie. She is, she's a human. She's pregnant and it's an apocalyptic wasteland. Is it also called Children of Ben? I don't know what, what anyways, but um, <laughs> <laughs> what did you think? Tell us about this movie for people. Should they watch it? All that stuff. A, sure, sure, yeah. So the basic – it starts out, really simple concept. She's at a – if I remember correctly, she's at a party. She just found out she's pregnant. Her boyfriend and her, she's kind of in this weird place like it wasn't exactly planned. And they go out to the party. And you quickly discover that people in this, what, slightly futuristic world, like, I don't know, not very many years in front of us, have androids just walking around, you know, serving at the party and stuff. And you see it happening. And then within seconds, or it seems like seconds, very quickly, something happens, a code is sent out or something goes crazy and the androids all go after the humans and people just start dying and getting killed right, the, right away. And they escape and it's on at that point. Um, and you're following... But, but is it really on, Bruce? Is it? You said it's on. But is it on? Um, it's a okay. So my bottom line on this is it's a a solid episode of The Walking Dead, but instead of zombies, there's robots. Basically, it's kind of preposterous. It's a little it, like The Walking Dead. It's overly dour sometimes to to a good point. Sometimes sometimes it, the, the seriousness of it is is okay. Sometimes it's a little bit like okay, I would like to have had a little more fun like you know i would like to have a little more action there's some action in here i'd say it's decent it's decent okay. uh chloe grace apparently is carving out a niche for herself as a mother or mother to be in crazy worlds because she's done two this year already um i don't know what that's all about maybe she's her her clock is ticking and she sees it happening in an apocalyptic world i don't know <laughs> but it's not terrible it's on i think this is on hulu he said hulu, uh, yes, this hulu. is like what you normally would describe oh god hulu will never take us again what you normally would describe as a decent netflix movie this is kind of one of those okay <laughs> so. this is our last greeting link ever from hulu thank <laughs> you bruce for that endorsement just kidding now no, well that said okay I, I will defend you bruce you are a big advocate of chloe grace moretz vis-a-vis the hulu release which you can watch on hulu shadow in the cloud right is that that's the one that's one movie that yes. you really okay so yeah and, i'm on day what am i day 16 this year for the 31 of 21 and it hasn't appeared yet oh my gosh oh my gosh shadow in the cloud is really high for you Air Combs, a shadow in the cloud, very high for you as well. Have you seen that yet? Oh. I don't think I have. 
Yeah, I think you and I have to actually watch it because oh, if it's one of a top fifteen for Bruce Perky, Shadow in the Freaking Cloud, I might wait. Have to actually... Maybe Shadow in the Cloud is the one that everyone hates that I like. <laughs> I think that might be the one. <laughs> that's, that's amazing, Eric Holmes. What what about this movie, Mother Android? Bruce said it's a, a solid episode of The Walking Dead, but with androids. How did you feel about this overall genre pick? I thought this was a really good Terminator movie. It's it's got the the beginning was kind of slow going. I wasn't quite feeling it, and then just some part around half the halfway mark, I started kind of getting into it and started thinking of this like a like you know with a, a minor rewrite. This could have been like the Terminator Three that everyone was hoping would happen, and it, it you know it did it with uh, characters that I'm going to speak of this as if it were a Terminator sequel. You have that same, you have a similar world, but just different characters. And if you do a sequel with something like Terminator, that's kind of where you want to go with it. We know Sarah Connor's story. We know John Connor's story. Let's go see what other characters are doing in this world. Now, this is not a Terminator movie, but this kind of that's kind of what I had in my mind while I was watching it. And this was pretty good. Uh, there's um, there's a part with the leg <laughs> that... Uh, mm. That uh, got me squirming in my seat a bit. Yeah, and the ending... Oh God, what can you say about the ending without giving anything away? The, nothing. But the ending... Did it work? Did the ending yes, work for you? Yes. Okay. I, I, was, I was dropping more than a few... I'm, you know, I'm just not going to talk anymore. I really liked the okay, so, But it worked. Okay, you were dropping... <laughs> okay, I heard the word dropping. Okay, so... Uh, yeah, guilty as charged. But okay, well, look. At least uh, you didn't say too much about the ending. It, it was memorable for you, right? Yeah. Yes. In fact, it, it was... It was one of those movies after it was over, I was like, yeah, it was pretty good. And then the next day I kept thinking of it. It's like, no, that movie was really good. And then the next day I'm like still thinking about it and go, you know, I really, I really like that movie a lot. And so it, it kind of, it stuck with me. And I'm guessing if I watch that movie, like this would be one of those movies. Like, I think the more I watch it, the more I like it and I already like it. So it's, you know, it's already starting pretty high with me. Bruce, would you, uh, I just had a thought as you were talking. So you're crossing wires in my head or connecting wires um do you agree this is this is kind of speaking to the end but not saying what happens in the end would you agree this could actually be followed up this could be a really interesting origin story where the next one takes place like i don't know 18 20 years in the future because you've set up some storylines that are unresolved in this movie yeah, I think I know where you're going with that. And yes, I absolutely agree. And I will be there day one for it. And this is definitely, that. this is elevated by Chloe Grace and um, the lead, uh, the lead gentleman in here. Is it Algie Smith? Is he the main guy? Yes, Algie Smith, I believe. is that That's the main actor, right? It says Who here, was he's also in Detroit. Build. He was in yeah. Detroit and he was really good. All right. Um, I would say without them in here kind of really being the core. I mean, some of the stuff I agree with Eric where it's kind of like, eh, they kind of talked a lot. We want to, I want to get to the robots a little bit quicker. But other than that, they're really solid in this. And I think without them being so solid, this could have been a lot worse. Okay. Well, Eric said he would be in line for that 20 set in the set 20 years in the future sequel. Bruce, would you be in line as, as far as would you give this a sequel shot if proposed sequel happens? Yeah, I think the sequel I might like better than this. Honestly, it could okay. be more interesting even. I think there's some intriguing ideas that could come and play there. Okay, so this is Hulu's Mother Android again, premiering Friday, December 17th, 2021. Let's go for the... We're doing, finally doing ratings, doing final ratings. Bruce Berkey, your rating for Mother Android. Uh, to me, it's right between a three and a three and a half. I'm probably a little more three, but I could be talked up to three and a half. Okay, let's just let's let's not talk you up. Let's just keep you at three since I'm existential. Eric Holmes, how about you? What you got? 
I think it was three and a half, but I think if I watch it a couple more times, it might bump up to a four. <laughs> okay. You know, you guys, I'm going to keep you at a three and a half with the potential at yeah, four. Yeah, I'm at three and a half now. You're three and a half now. It could, but, it, could, uh, it could get better upon more viewings. Okay. Very good. So it is a solid recommend for you, yeah. Eric, and uh, rec- uh, mild recommend for you. You know, you're interested, yeah. interesting enough for you, for you, Bruce. Yeah. So that is Hulu's Mother Android. Very interesting. I, I, I'm a little bit remiss that I, I didn't get to see this movie. This sounds like it has a lot of potential behind it. And Bruce, did you like the ending of this movie? I did and I didn't. I, I, okay. I, I, I can't talk about it. Okay, uh, you did. It was it was it. okay. It wasn't. It was better than this kind of movie. Uh, a lot of times is. So I would say yes, I liked it. Okay. Now, okay, so that is that's it. I'm excited about that movie and to see that movie. Here's the thing that I think. Look, the year's almost over. I'm trying to think of movies that surprised me the most. The movie that absolutely surprised me the effing most is right now. Here it is. The movie's called The Novice, which, like Eric Holmes said, best rowing movie ever. Simply put, it centers on a college fresh- freshman played by Isabel Furman. You might know Isabel Furman as the lead in that wonderful horror thriller Orphan. She played or- Orphan, and she played the kid in that. That's when she was a kid. Now she's an adult playing a college student, that, that said. And she is determined to become the top rower in the squad. The only thing is... She's not even varsity. She's first year in college, but she is so determined to actually climb up that rowing ladder. She actually pretty much risks life and limb, her sanity, just to actually be, she, she basically Kobe Bryant, her, tries to Kobe Bryant her way to success. Like Bruce said, this has a lot of whiplash vibes to it, but it's its, its own film. And I, re, I ended up really being surprised at how much I love this movie. Eric Holmes, what did you think of The Novice? And what stood out for you with this movie? Well, I, I love the lead lead actor. What was her name? Isabel? Furman. Yeah, Isabel Furman. Yeah, she was really good. I liked how the, uh, this is weird to say, but like the editing. Yeah. There's a lot of parts in this movie where the character is like uh, kind of like very on edge or like about to go nuts. And the editing, a lot of times that's like a stylized thing that kind of, takes away from the movie but i think in this one it kind of put me in in that same kind of uh same kind of unease and so that part really worked i guess the part that i didn't quite get was i didn't understand why she wanted to be the best at rowing i think i missed something there and that's kind of what i'm that's the part i'm wanting to hear from bruce with because uh normally this thing is like uh oh i've worked my whole life to row or Oh, uh, my parents don't love me, but if I become a better rower, then they'll... But I didn't catch any of that. She just seemed to want to be a rower just almost out of nowhere. I didn't quite... I didn't quite understand... I I wasn't connecting to that part, and I didn't quite get that. The problem with explaining that, Eric, is you will explain a very big part of what the movie's going for. So, I don't know if you... Bruce, can you dance around that and try to explain it to Eric? Or do you agree with me that it would really undercut a big... The spine of the film? I don't know if it would undercut the spine of the film. I don't... I'm kind of torn. I don't know if this is a movie that you really can spoil too much, other than maybe to say the outcome of certain competitive events in this. 
I mean, those could be spoiled. I don't know if the themes per se, talking about those really spoil it. Like, I don't think that they would keep me away from it if I knew the themes were around a certain type of subject. Go for it then. I I, I wonder if I'm that removed from the movie that I didn't even notice that there was a spoiler in this movie. Well, I mean, like, there's a certain event that happens towards the end. I guess you could say how that plays out. That would be, I mean, technically a spoiler, but that's not really what the movie's about, per se. Yeah, I can talk about it. And if you think it's spoiling it, Greg, just cut some things out. That's fine. I'm not going to cut things out. In fact, I'm going to leave what you just said to me right now. How's that? Take that, Bruce. (laughs) Cut that out. (laughs) Greg, Greg, cut it out. Explain Um, away. I don't know if I'm explaining. I'm just saying my take on this. First of all, it's going to get a lot of comparisons to Whiplash. I think that makes sense, but I think it also kind of doesn't make sense. Because if you look at Whiplash, Whiplash is such a stereotypical like male version of like this kind of combative one-upsmanship teacher versus student, student becoming the master, you know, this kind of stuff. There's all of this kind of head-to-head battling. And the novice is not that. The novice is... You know, it's in this rowing field of excellence, right? So there's that aspect. I think to me what was really telling is, so throughout the movie, you see her in her class as well. She's in this class and she keeps staying after to take these tests like till the very, very end. And she does it three times, try to get it just right. And then you see that her grades aren't that great. And I kept thinking as I was watching this, this is, you know how some people, when they get into their first year of college, they get out of high school and they have always been able to achieve outwardly in a way that is you know, superior in their realm of high school or whatever that is. And she gets there and she isn't necessarily hitting at that level. But, and that's part of what's going on here. But I think the bigger part, and once again, tell me if you think I'm stepping on stuff. This almost works like, I think she's battling with her perception of herself as like valuable. And she wants it to be done in a way that's absolutely quantifiable. Okay. So she's constantly doing something quantifiable that will tell her it's almost like body is dysmorphia in a weird way. I got like people you. that look in the look people that look in the mirror, and it's interesting that it it ties into very obsessive natures about her as well. There, you see what I'm saying? Like people that look in the mirror and they always try to get that perfect look to say that they're beautiful, even though the average person look at them and say like you're doing great. So it really it it dives into that on her personality in a really interesting way. And it is so tense and so intense and so focused on her character. I think this is such an amazing character study as far as that goes. Agreed, and, yep. And then on top of that, and I'll just stop talking for a little while. Um, <laughs> and then on top of that, I, it's kind of a weird indictment or at least a discussion of of organized sports. Like what is what is the goal of organized sports? Is it to be a team? Is it to be a member of a team to the succeeds or is it to personal excellence? And what is personal excellence? Is it being the best, the fastest, the best score? There, all that stuff's going on here. And I think it's really interesting. I'll tell you my read. I, it's a different read, a little bit of a different read. Well, again, Isabel Furman, she put, she's Alec. She's the main character. She has friends from this. She has a, a friend from high school. And then she, there's a there's another girl. Uh, and she, she's the other girl is actually more athletically gifted than she is. She, she is also a freshman, but she's pretty much in line to become a varsity. Um, one of the varsity uh, members eventually just because of her talent. Thing with Alex, though, is she is not a natural rower. And what Alex likes to do is when she sees an imperfection as far as and she has a slight motivation towards improving that craft, she will follow that to just the just to the furthest degree. So she will basically look at one of her weakest points, 
like physics in her, like majoring in physics, which she's not a specialty at, she will take the weakest part of her acumen or her knowledge and she will try to become the best at it no matter what, even though the odds are absolutely stacked up against her. That's what gets her going every single day. She has no chance of actually becoming one of the best rowers on the squad and she knows that from the get-go. And she will do whatever it takes to get to the top, even though for 99.99% of people in this world, when they see the odds are against them, they're going to say, well, you know what? I'm not good at this. I'm not good at rowing. I'll go play Monopoly or, or I'll, I'll do something else or I'll just I'll study history and, and people will focus on their strengths. Alex, what she likes to focus in is on her weaknesses and she likes to carve them out into her strength. So that is her motivation, Eric. I, I mean, that's the unspoiler way of saying that she has that singular focus to be the best. And what makes, I think, what makes the novice very interesting is she is such a single-minded person that she does not... The reason why she does it isn't really completely explained until the end of the movie. And that reason is something that is not stereotypical. And I found that to be very, very interesting. Eric, you mentioned a point about the editing in this movie. I think that the the writer-director of this, what is her name? I'm going to look it up right now. Lauren Hathaway. I, you know, De Palma is, one, is my favorite filmmaker because he'll use sound, visual composition, editing, all that stuff to the split-screen stuff. He'll, he'll immerse you in cinema. And this movie, for its, what, 90, 95 minutes, through the use of editing, Bruce, like you said, through the use of music and especially the performances, you're just completely immersed right from minute one, Okay. But Eric, do you think there's some people who might not like the, the novice that it's maybe too insular? Do you think there's a or Bruce? Do you think there's a barrier to um, entry as far as? I, actually, I think the 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 way you and Bruce described it kind of it definitely made a couple things click. <clears throat> I, I guess I kind of wish that I got that from the movie more, and it's clearly in there because you and Bruce both picked up on it. Uh, maybe they could have held my hand a little more. Uh, <laughs> But <laughs> but uh, what's the director? Uh, Laura Hathaway. Lauren Hathaway. Yeah, Lauren Hathaway. I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Based on that, do we give this movie one star so she can try to make a better movie next time and just keep no, fighting? No. It? Okay. <laughs> no, we don't. That's so funny. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I thought that. I thought I that might, I, I thought maybe that was the uh, the message the filmmaker was trying to give to the reviewers. Give me a shitty review. <laughs> So I can be I can be like a, the best. I can be Kubrick. So you know, I think that a part of what you're getting at too, Eric, here is that part of what this movie's playing with is it's playing with the expectation of the underdog story. Yeah, like this is so it's so ingrained in sports cinema to have the underdog story, and this really plays with that idea and does some weird stuff with it. So I think that makes yeah. it hard too, because as a viewer who's so we're so submerged in like what that is going to look like that w- it throws us out balance. We're like, well, wait, is she an asshole? Is she, am I rooting for her? So it really throws you in a weird place. And I, but that is obviously intentional, but it also makes it a little harder to grasp onto what we're trying to do here. I think this, this is a star making performance for Isabel Furman. She's going to get a lot more roles. Thanks to this film and Lauren Hathaway. This movie's received its share of independent spirit nods and did really well in Tribeca, won its share of awards. Look for Lauren Hathaway's career to also skyrocket as a filmmaker, but it's going to be very interesting to see Isabel Furman's career from here on out because, look, to be honest, if I actually received a screener link of The Novice before I voted for Critics' Choice, she would have been my top five as far as actresses, actress performances of the year. I saw it after. 
the, the deadline. So um, final round of ratings. Eric Holmes, your rating for The Novice. I'll probably go three stars on this. Okay. I'd, it'd probably be higher if I wasn't so stupid. Okay, three stars for Eric Holmes. Bruce Berkey, your, your call. Uh, four and a half. Four and a half stars for Bruce Berkey. Again, this is one of his top top 20 films of 2021. I believe that's number 19 for you, and you, that tied with St. Maude. Am I correct on this, Bruce? Uh, so. ni- 1918, something like that. Yeah, I forget which yes. one. Four and a half stars for Bruce Perky. Three stars for Eric Holmes. I give this movie, without even blinking, five stars. The Novice, one of my all-time, my, one of my favorite films this year, possibly a top five film for me, The Novice. Again, that's it really hits good. theaters. What? Yeah. <laughs> hits theaters and digital Friday, December 17th. We'd love to hear what you guys think about The Novice. Are you, maybe uh, some of you will be in Eric's camp. Maybe you'll say, you know what? You wish maybe some of these themes or it, or um, no, they these messages would have be, been. They won't you know, be uh, our, our listeners are much more bright than I am. Oh, okay. They'll okay. Able, All right. They'll be able Stop to pick it. up what she's Stop. saying. <laughs> you know, I don't want you to be self-deprecating, Eric, because that's my bag. Stay away from my bag, man. Let me row my own freaking race. Okay, Eric? Yeah, I, I won't do the self-deprecating <laughs> stuff anymore. I'm not good at it anyway. So. Oh, yeah. Well, if you want to hear some you more... You see what I did? <laughs> yeah, you're very good. You're very good. If you want to hear some more self-deprecating humor, just listen to me self-deprecate my way through 90 minutes of Ander- with Anderson Cowan every month on Cinematics. So that's me being my own uh, you know, self-deprecating way. But I'm so glad that we all enjoyed it. And who knows? Eric, you gave it three stars. Maybe down the road, if you do a rewatch, it might even upscale for you just like... I- I, I think Android. so, and I, I'm. This is one of those movies. I'm kind of glad we got got into it a little more, even if it. Oh geez, even if it spoils something, which I don't think it will. No, it didn't. It but didn't. but I I think I think it did. Like if I was listening to you guys talk about this before I watch it, this definitely would have helped me along quite a bit. So good job. Ending, Eric. Did it work for you? The ending. Yes. Oh, the ending worked for you. Okay, Bruce. Did the yeah. ending work for you? Oh yeah, I love the ending. Uh, a couple things in the ending I really liked. Oh, it's good. My goodness, that ending. I have not been surprised by a sports, quote unquote, sports movie since maybe, look, I might be exaggerating, but I was surprised the first time I saw Rocky. This this ending absolutely floored me. Okay, now, before we get to that really heavy movie this, this week, the documentary, let's start with something a little bit light. Schemes in Antiques, in theaters December 17th, Welgo USA Entertainment. I don't even know how to be. I've, I really want to foist the plot line to Bruce or Eric, but I'm just going to do it right now. I'm going to read the summary straight from the email. Despite his now dis- disgraced family's famed expertise on ancient relics, Su Yan makes a simple living as the owner of an ele- electronic shop. But after stumbling upon a mystery surrounded an inch- by an ancient stolen relic, he embarks on a dangerous journey to restore his family's tarnished reputation. So that's basically a layabout named Zhu Yan. I'm mispronouncing his name. He has an electronic store. His his fa- his grand his grandfather was disgraced. His father you know, left left him as a kid, and he comes from a family that is very disgraced, and they because of some kind of relic. And now the relic years later is making its way back to him, but he has competition because he has no idea. That this relic, which is a Buddha head, which is like a centuries old, several centuries old Buddha head, might may or may not be fake. So he goes on a journey with a couple of other people to find the real Buddha's head, and he has competition along the way. It is directed by Derek Kwok and KWOK. It this is a very interesting movie. It's all over the place. I mean this in the best way, but I'm going to shut up. Bruce Perky, 
schemes in antiques. Lots yes. of stuff there. Gumbo pot here. Right. And and out of the gate, we described it as very similar to like national treasure in kind of spirit, I guess you'd say. And like you said, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think it's a little more national treasure than Raiders. But I I like the national treasure movies. I think those are, are really a lot of fun. I like I like the puzzles. I like the kind of um, globe-trotting nature of them and just kind of the, uh, you know... I think this, though, I really... I really enjoyed this quite a bit. Uh, I thought the characters were were really colorful and interesting, and we kept meeting new characters. There's a point where they go to a village and they meet this um, kind of this leader of this I don't know what he's at, like a, a gang of this you know village elder I don't know what he was exactly. And they're up but, in the mountains somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> what? And it was really good. I've never seen a movie that had um, antique identifying duels. Antique and, wars? Yes. I've never seen an antique duel, that, that, which lasted for about seven minutes, seven, eight minutes, right? I, I would never thought that they would be entertaining, and I was entertained. You know, there's it's, it's ludicrous throughout, but in a fun way, I think. I think in a fun way. And I, I, I thought the characters were all entertaining and lovable. There was like the old friend of the dead, the, the, the dead father of the main character. And you don't know There's, if he's good or bad. Right. And he's kind of this, yeah, he's kind of this <laughs> scallywag that's kind of comes along with the group. And then the main dude is kind of this down and out, like... Wait, ding, 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 ding. Uh, Eric, I don't think we've ever used scallywag. That is first first <laughs> entry, first word ever used in our universe. What do you think of that, Eric? How, how come you and I couldn't come up with scallywag? How come it had to be Bruce? I was actually saying scallywag a bunch at work today. So okay, I'm that actually doesn't... amazed that Bruce is <laughs> saying it right now. <laughs> okay, Bruce, keep on going. Sorry. I, and last thing I want to say, uh, I was thoroughly entertained by this movie. It, it gave me exactly what I wanted from a movie like this. I felt it was really satisfying. And, you know, it's not going to win awards. It's not going to, you know, blow your mind, but it's going to give you a good time. This is going to do what Red Notice wanted to do. Okay. <laughs> This is, by the way, folks, I really enjoyed Red Notice. Please don't hate me for that. Eric and, and Bruce are, are actually the uh, the logical ones in Find Your Film, and they 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 uh, roundly drubbed Red Notice. So I, I, I never reviewed Red Notice. That's true. Well, you never this book, yeah. Orphan Surfacing, by Nathan Day. Very good. Talk quite a bit about it, that, but I don't believe I actually reviewed Red Notice. Yeah, yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. Thank you for that correction again, Nathan Day. What is the name of the book again? One more time eric it's out so now out nathan, on amazon nathan day and that is, uh, i wrote a book orphan surfacing you orphan can find surfacing. it on uh, amazon okay and nathan day is a good buddy of ours he's not part of our whole cinematics facebook group community schemes in antiques before we get to you eric you know bruce there's something to be said about making light entertainment not a pejorative making light entertainment but successful light entertainment there has to be right there has to be something said about yeah well, it's like an unpretentious meal that's satisfying is, is what this kind of movie is. Okay, cool. Unpretentious meal that's that's satisfying. Is that how you felt about Schemes and Antiques? Eric, what did you think? I, yeah, I like Schemes and Antiques. Uh, same with what Bruce said about the uh, they're having the antique off or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> antique off, yes. There's, so I'll watch episodes of Pawn Stars on YouTube. And every once in a while, they'll get like an old thing. And they're like, well, I don't know much about old old sea scrolls. Let me go grab my sea scroll expert, Jim, and have him come in and take a look at it. And then Jim will come in, look at the sea scroll, and go, oh, yeah, you see this right here, and this this marking, and this denotes this and that. And yes, you have a, this is an authentic, or this is a fake. 
that scene and other scenes like it throughout this movie kind of hit that same part of my brain, that same pleasure spot of my brain. So watching that was really fun. The plot was really hard to follow, uh, but I think with stuff like this, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a uh, spy movie where this plot almost doesn't matter. Like it's, it's there, but I think you're there for the, and it's weird. You can't really call this a heist movie. It kind of is. It's got puzzles and stuff like you would find in like Indiana Jones. But a lot of it's them, like the the interesting parts is whenever they go for the antiques and they got to look at the antiques and, you know, find little cracks or little details about it that um, make them know whether it's legit or not. Um, One problem I had, and I don't think this is a fault of the movie, um, but the, uh, the subtitles were really tiny and they went by really fast. And I think... If I knew Cantonese, I, I'm assuming that's what the language is in this. I'm thinking uh, either Cantonese or Mandarin. I don't probably, I don't know. Yeah. but whatever the whatever the language is, had I known that, that would not be an issue at all. Um, but as someone that doesn't speak the language, such as myself, uh, that was kind of a barrier to entry, and I think it will be for some people. Um, I would say if this is if you're watching this streaming, which I'm guessing a lot of people will watch this on, I might turn the subtitles off and turn the closed captioning subtitles on that might help a lot. Uh, cause uh, you know, the, the letters are yeah. bigger that probably go slower. Um, normally it's not something I usually pick on with the movie, but this, it, it was, I was struggling with some parts, especially when they talk back and forth and they talk fast back and forth. And I'm just like, Oh, uh, uh, and I can't keep up with it. Um, but I mean, from a filmmaking standpoint, uh, even not being able to follow all of the, uh, dialogue it's just one of those movies it's just good filmmaking so like you can kind of even without knowing the language you can kind of tell what's going on I, even with something as uh you know a, a plot as convoluted as this one but uh overall yeah this was quite enjoyable and cool i also have to mention times. oh yeah eric you're saying oh good times that was good it. times <laughs> good times so i have to also mention i'm, I'm mispronouncing the name jin zile and she is the female interest not love interest she's a female she's the lead co-lead in this movie sort of she's a supporting support she's a person who supports this guy on his journey and what's really cool about this without giving too much away she's not a stereotypical female adventurous there's there's their relationship goes in a much different way and i thought that was very refreshing as well there's and also this is one of these things that's a weird thing about this movie schemes and antiques it's a hard if you're english it's i it's hard for me to remember this this is the, the moniker it's light entertainment, but when you like Bruce was saying, when you dive deep a little bit, dive a little bit deeper, the third act there is an action sequence which occurs in the village, and then they go into the mountains, and there is it's just elongated and it's pretty cool when you just strip it down. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be honest, I <laughs> I'm gonna copy you guys. I was giving this movie a straight three and a half stars, but. I wouldn't I wouldn't argue if it went to four. But right now I'm gonna give Schemes and Antiques, which opens Friday in theaters, I'm gonna give it a solid recommend with three and a half stars. Eric, what about you? You know, I I would agree with you on the three and a half stars, but I mean, I spent so much time watching those Pawn Star videos and this did that same thing, so I can't give it three and a half stars. I have to go four stars. Four stars, very, very good. It, it, cool. it was it was just too enjoyable not to do that. Very good, very good, Eric. Okay. And even with a complaint with the subtitle, so good on you yeah. on that. But okay. that, that's that's my fault. That's not the that's not the movie's fault. Fair, Bruce. To keep the trend going of not 
going with our rating system, I'll give it three oh, and three quarters stars. Oh, you're horrible. <laughs> you're horrible. Where are you bumping it? What are you leaning towards? Where does where is the golf ball going? Is it going over the hill or under the hill? Bunker? I'll or... give it three and a half stars. But I want to mention that the the fact that it had a, a sequence in here, which I would never expect in this movie, where they all tried on clothes, like in <laughs> like in a Pretty Woman or something, it goes to four stars. <laughs> okay, so we're going to say four stars for Bruce, four stars for Eric, and three and a half stars for me. And you know what? I'll be honest. The reason why I'm giving it three and a half stars is I'm going to shame myself. I'm the kind of guy who for, who, who uh, puts Grey Poupon on his on his bread. So that's a very bourgeois rating for me. If you want to really enjoy it, go for the four star reviews. Oh, come on. You know you put Greg Poupon on your bread. <laughs> okay, that's, I would say that's a little bit. do not poop on your bread. No, do not Greg, stop pooping on your bread. No, no pooponing on my bread. But schemes and antiques, four stars for Eric, four stars for for uh, Bruce, and a shameful three and a half stars for me again in theaters December seventeenth. Now that was a very good light entertainment. Another movie that has a lot of light entertainment, but it's actually not very light, but very heavy and depressing and dark. And I can't believe I saw this movie without actually crying. Is a documentary called President. Set in Zimbabwe, set during the elections of Zimbabwe, and we follow the life and the journey of one of the, the, the main opposition leader who is trying to run for president against the actual incumbent. And we are basically treated to, to it, it's like kind of like the novice. You're really, you're right in there for the entire documentary. There are no friggin' talking heads there's no elongated montages to fill up the documentary. Nope. Your boots on. You're right there from minute on till the end. It is immersive. It is heartbreaking. It is shattering. We're not going to give away what's going on. But I was pretty much rocked by President Eric Holmes. You were the last one to see President. Bruce and I were waiting on bated breath to hear what you had to say about this movie. What do you think? Oh, this movie pissed me the fuck off. Oh, really? <laughs> the, the politicians are the fucking worst, and this movie explains exactly why I think that. Um, now, keep in mind, this doesn't mean I hated the movie. This movie's awesome. This, it, it, it's it's one of those documentaries that does what documentaries like these need to. Just, hey, here's this fucked up thing that's going on by a bunch of people who are doing fucked up shit, and fuck those people, and and they just keep getting away with all this stuff. And it, it's just infuriating to watch. I, I, well, what did you think I, of the, the main guy, I, the, the uh, opposition leader? His name's Nelson Chamisa, C-H-A-M-I-S-A. We, he's pretty much front and center yeah. throughout the entire documentary. He, he comes off good on this, but also that's another problem I have with uh, politicians. The movie presents him that way. I don't know what he's actually like. And so Fair. I know how politicians are here, and I know how... Uh, people can, you know, I, you can get someone to make a documentary about uh, Donald Trump and, you know, edit it in a certain way, play it in a foreign country with someone that doesn't know who Donald Trump is and go, he seems like a great guy. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's, it's, I can't say one way or another. I can say based on the, you know, certain things that go on in the documentary that there's just stuff that's like, why is that, why is that a thing? And then watch the watch the reactions of the government and the military and how they deal with that. And then I just wonder, uh, okay, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. The, the, uh, the January 6th siege on the white house, 
if stuff was going on like what was going on in this documentary, that's when you should do something like that. Not because uh, not because my billionaire rapist idiot didn't win against your billionaire rapist idiot. Like the, the stuff that's going on and the stuff that the government lets get by is absolutely disgusting. And of, of course, this is me assuming that the, the, the documentarians are telling the whole truth. I think they are. Uh, like nothing really came across as uh, other, you know, uh, lying one way or another or not telling the whole truth. Um, and at the same time, I know how our government works. And so the, the idea that it can be this bad doesn't really surprise me and a lot of that goes on here um maybe not to that and no no yes to that degree <laughs> we just don't know a lot of it uh we put up with a lot of it but yeah this documentary infuriated me um for all the reasons that it should infuriate me and that it should infuriate anyone watching it and it's a sad state of affairs but you know that's what doc documentaries do sometimes You're not supposed I to feel giddy and happy watching them all you the know time. i I would have liked to have put a nice little cherry on top, a nice little button to your review of this and say, oh, well, this documentary is a call to arms. But man, this documentary, the way it lays things out, it is just tough sledding and tough to watch, man. I 100% agree with you here, Eric Holmes. Now, Bruce, for the Sundance Film Festival this year, it received, President received the an award for Special Jury Award for Cinema Verite Filmmaking. It's critically acclaimed. It's received its share of awards. Are those awards warranted uh, from from your opinion? What do you overall think of President? Yes, I, I would say they are warranted um, for a lot of the reasons you just talked about or Eric just talked about. Um, what I think was really key about it, too, was that uh, it assumes, rightly so, that a lot of us, especially here in the West, will know nothing about Zimbabwe politics. And yes. going into this movie, knowing nothing about Zimbabwe politics makes it all the more effective because essentially... The drama plays out in real time for us in that we start, be, you know, before the election, this young upstart, you know, whether he is really good or not, he's presented as the alternative to what, 40 years of dictatorship that's still in power, essentially, with the predecessor of the previous dictator. And you just watch step by step by step how they try to, um, you know, for the first time win, for the first time in a long time, you know, win a democratic election in this That's country. not rigged. That's not rigged, right? Yeah, that's, that's not yeah. rigged. And you just see all the different things that, that, that play out. And as it plays out, it's just dramatic. And it's kind of remarkable in that way. Uh, and I was thinking about it as I was watching this thing and like, you know, we had this, we had Riding With Fire. We had a thousand cuts all this year yes. and this, these kind of movies are some of the main reasons that documentaries should exist because, you know, are we going to get to these other countries? Are we going to pay attention to these other countries if someone doesn't show it to us? And it also just, it's kind of a, it's a double thing, right? It shows you in some ways, the sad side of things is the same things are somewhat the same all over, but it also humanizes and empathizes you with the actual world events that are going on. And it, it, it can actually maybe fire you up and anger you in your own world or inspire you in your own world, especially like we saw with riding with fire and with this movie, you know, we have people going in, there's a point in here where, what is it? Uh, Nelson Chamisa. Before he even starts this, they talk about how he was almost beaten to death oh, before he yeah. even started this campaign. Right. 
So yeah. like right off the gate, they show you like the stakes are high with this. And as it progresses, you understand what the stakes are for these various people. And you're thinking like, and we're like complaining about, oh, you know, I had to, the, the line is going to take me two hours today to get a vote in, you know, or something like that. So these kind of documentaries and like, the, like you talk about with Riding With Fire, you know, the role of the press, like what the press can actually do. So I, I think that these are um, oh, kind of essential Jesus. film film watching. I'm sorry. Um, am I pissing you off more, Eric? <laughs> you mentioned the press and I completely forgot about that. They failed their people too. Yeah. There's uh, like, the, 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 yeah. Oh Jesus! Yeah, there's only it's essential. It's essential viewing. It's essential viewing. It'll piss you off, but that's okay. You're it's okay to be pissed off. You should watch it. Here's the thing: there's enough room for everyone to sit at the table. Why do people in power need to take up two, three, four seats? Why, like, you're in a position where you can help people. Help people. Why is this so hard? Who's going to pay for it? You can pay for a military, cut that down, help people. Like, oh, I got to buy blah, blah, blah. Oh, Jesus, stuff just infuriates me. You know what, what's very <laughs> harrowing is when... This is, this is entirely triggering because it, it would be so easy to be in power, help everyone, and you're still, you're still living large too. You can you can do all that at the same time, and people choose not to. That every it seems that every choice a politician makes, and Bruce, you mentioned waiting in line two hours, which isn't as big of a deal, but it kind of is. Voting shouldn't be that hard. Voting like they do it on American Idol in a matter of hours or yes. minutes. <laughs> they can do that for the you know yeah. for our elected officials, but they make it difficult. Why? Because they want to stay in power. Why? I don't know. Because they want to actively not help people. That's- we do our banking online. We buy everything online. Yeah. yeah. Well, the good news and, about and- this movie is it shows us how actually streamlined and on the up and up <laughs> the voting the voting process is. <laughs> and the, uh, the voting oh, commission shit. as far as you getting son of a bitch. the ballots go out. <laughs> can, yeah. we, can we hide? You know what? The po- polling? Yeah. yeah we're, we're, we're just tabulating the votes. Oh, it takes us five days. That's part of the Constitution. So... You know, they oh, just we don't talk about what happened at the polling places. You'll find out when you watch this movie. You'll find oh, out. And, You'll find out. And can we mention, can we highlight, wow, that news conference? There's a news conference sequence in this oh, that geez. is just fucking mind-blowing. The, the whole which one? thing. Oh, yeah, which one? Which one? There's one that... Yes, we yeah, can. We, yeah, yeah, we can. Well, there's this one set. Even even the rallies. Well, when Nelson Chamisa goes out to the local towns and the people, and the and it's flooded with people, right? And they're listening to him. And he, and actually, actually, at one of the rallies, he asks him, he wants a little bit more economic parity, right? In this in Zimbabwe, and he asks, how many of you in, in here? Have actually for your work have actually had a pay stub or a pay check or a pay stub and actually had to fill it in right a paper a pay slip and hardly anyone actually raised their hand and that just blows you away and that's just one of the many little moments in this movie that will leave you shocked. President, it hits theaters Friday, December seventeenth from Greenwich Entertainment. This is um, this is one of these. It's a labor of love documentary, meaning it's going to be hard to find in theaters. You might be able to see it. And download it on digital, unfortunately, until February 18th. So we're going to make sure we re-promote this when it comes out February 18th. I'm giving this movie an easy four and a half stars. Really love this documentary. Eric Holmes, your rating on on this film? Uh, this movie meant to incite and piss me off, and that's exactly what it did. Five stars. Five stars, yes. And Again, I- just, oh, 
dude. <laughs> I, I think this movie will infuriate a lot of people. And if it doesn't, uh, what's wrong yeah. with you? I don't even want. I didn't. I do not want to be in the room when a certain something happens in this movie. By the way, this movie is executive produced by Danny Glover and Tandy Newton. So, but okay. Also, Bruce, I forgot your rating. What is your rating? Five from Eric. Four and a half from me. Four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. High marks from all around and. Any closing remarks regarding President? This is this is a movie. It's hard to talk about because I'm still shook thinking about the movie, thinking about the documentary. Can, By the way, can, yes. Can you cut Eric. this down for this to be my full review? <sighs> <laughs> yes, it's directed by Camilla Nielsen. And what's interesting about President? This movie is not a standalone documentary. I after this, I actually wanted to hunt down her previous documentary. This is a follow up to her movie Democrats, which is set in Zimbabwe. So. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Right. Eric, you're thinking. I can't do it. I can't do it. it. I'm sure it's fantastic. I'm sure that is also five stars. I can't do it. You can't. Bruce, can you do it? Can you do Democrats if you're if it was in streaming? Would you check it out? Would you hunt it down? Sure, I'd do it. Yes. Okay. So that's wow. Give me at least a month. Let me let me cool down for at least a month. (laughs) I didn't say I was going to do it tonight. (laughs) Oh well, then yeah, then eventually yes. Right. Okay. So you know what? For for uh, Eric's Christmas present, we're gonna Bruce and I we're gonna get him. Blu-rays of President and Riding with Fire, and we're going to actually put him into a chair to watch both those movies back to back. See what he thinks. It's going to be tough to watch. I this. think I'm going to get him. I'm going to get him. A, what is it? The Zek. I'm going to get him a Zek T-shirt. I think he wants one of those. <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I, I Electoral also, Commission. I, <laughs> Zimbabwe. I also, Electro- yes. I should also uh, clarify <laughs> that uh, I, I was talking shit on Trump earlier, and if you're a Trump supporter, just put Biden in place of that. They're all the fucking same. It doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Yes, 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 <laughs> I, yes. I, I, I wouldn't. I would hate for anyone to mistake me for a Democrat because I am mm. neither. I think they're right. all garbage people, and and this movie just illustrates why I hate all of them. It, it's yeah. just it, it's another country, but same bullshit, and just yes. Uh, this just, is. This is a nonpartisan podcast. We, whether you're a Biden supporter or a Trump supporter, or you don't support any of them, we're just we're just here for the for the listens. So just listen to us. Download our podcast. We don't care your political affiliation because we are lowest common denominator podcast. <laughs> we just want your listens. And also, you know, I don't care your political affiliations. Just don't ever tell me that you you're not a supporter of crypto. If not, then just. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm kidding on, the, on that. So that's our, that's our featured movies. I was just joking about crypto. That's our featured movies. But you know what? We have another movie starring Riz Ahmed that both Bruce and Eric have seen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if both of them recommend. This is going to be spearheaded by Eric Holmes. And then Bruce is going to go chime in on his review of Encounter as well. Wait, Bruce, did you not see Encounter? Yeah, Bruce, you watched it. So Encounter. Eric, start it off. Riz Ahmed. Should be okay. good. This one is tough because there is lots to spoil in this, and I don't mm. want to. Okay. Um, do you like? Uh, it, okay, it's a movie by by Michael Pierce, written by Joe Barton and Michael Pierce, uh, same guy who did Beast, which I believe we all love that one. Yes, yes. yes. And um, I'm having, uh, you know what? How about this? Two, I'll, two, two I, bro- I'll, I'll read the thing. Two brothers embark on a journey with their father who is trying to protect them from an alien threat. And I guess I can say this is similar to frailty because you don't know if the alien threat is real or if Riz Ahmed's character is insane. That's and, a good premise. That's a very good premise, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this, uh, um, this one had me from the beginning. Okay. First of all, first of all. Let me tell you about the soundtrack. 
<laughs> and, oh, wait, I'm not going to. I don't about your soundtrack. I, I, I Look, can talk. I can talk. It about stars the Rory Cochran. It stars, stars Rory Cochran. I should have seen this movie. I should have seen this movie. No, the the guy from. Uh, from... Oh no no no! no, no. God, I saw. No, no, that's yeah. That's what is it? What's that guy's name from Life Is a Highway? Is it Eddie Cochran and Tom Cro- Cochran? Uh, John but Cochran? but, uh, but Rory, Rory Cochran is the guy from Days and Confused. You know, yeah. he's the guy. Yeah, and then he was on in Hostels, and you know, he's he's a very good actor. He's in CSI. You know, Bruce. You know Rory Cochran, right? You know, you know you're Rory Cochran. You know, you don't. Okay. I, I but, can't uh, wait to see it. I, but anyways, I, I, I do want to mention songs that are in the soundtrack because yes. it just got me all excited. And and I can talk about this without spoiling the plot, so that's even better. Uh, they started playing and uh, they started playing uh, "Naughty by Nature." I'm like, oh yeah, digging this. And then later on, because this, this is mostly a road a road movie, they're driving, and uh, so it's kind of it's kind of it's got some elements of uh, Midnight Special in there. Um, that's what I was thinking when I saw the the uh, plots yeah. and ups, yeah. But they play Naughty by Nature, and I was like, this is pretty sweet. And then they play Slayer, and then I'm like, oh, I fucking love this movie. And then they play Phil Collins, but not just any Phil Collins. Phil Collins against all odds, which may be his first or second best song ever written. Yes. And so right away, I'm like, I'm loving the fucking DJ in this movie. But uh, the the movie is, um, I'm, I'm really in... Uh, with the characters, uh, Riz Ahmed's character and his two kids, uh, Malik Khan and uh, Jay and Bobby, his two sons. I, I was really enamored with them and like their interactions with each other. This went places I wasn't expecting, and it went places I really appreciated because the the place they went doesn't usually go there with things like this and that's all i can say about it it's really okay, good the, i like this a lot movie co-stars octavia spencer janina gavincar who was also seen i believe last year in the way back and also the aforementioned rory cochran an actor i really dearly love bruce encounter what do you think of it i liked it i didn't like it quite as much as eric and this is a weird movie i had a journey with this one i started it out i really liked it and then when it started to change i started to see what was going on i thought i knew where it was going and i kind of almost gave up on it and then i talked to eric a little bit and i was like "Mm, i'm gonna keep going and then it kind of pulled me back and i ended up i ended up liking it a fair amount i didn't love it but i liked it quite a bit and i would agree that the sons in this are really good and I think that some of the most surprising elements are, and once again, I'm not going to spoil anything. Some of the most surprising elements are once you find out kind of what the dynamic is between the father and the sons and what's probably happening or not happening. The way that this movie follows the sons and what the sons end up doing in this movie, I think are the most surprising things in the last third of this movie. And I think that I really appreciated how that played out. Very, very Quite good. So that is Encounter, directed directed and co-written by Michael Pierce. He co-wrote it with Joe Barden, Eric Holmes. Yes. There was um, there was an uh, aspect of this that kind of primed me for president, that <laughs> really primed my anger button. Uh, the idea that you would use uh, violence to solve problems. That seems to be a big theme in a lot of this movie, uh, and it comes to a head at the end. And that, yeah... I almost wish we could talk spoilers on this because there's so much about this that this does right, especially towards the end. But I, I would just, uh, I would encourage everyone to watch this and maybe we talk about it in the Cinematics uh, face group. Okay. Facebook okay, very group. cool. Facebook, oh, okay. You, you, you seem very passionate about Encounter. To that point, Eric Holmes, what is your rating overall on Encounter? 
This one, well, this one would be a four and a half. Okay. They played Slayer. They played Naughty by Nature. And they played Phil Collins, so we're yeah. getting another fiver on our hands. All right. Another fiver from, from Eric <laughs> is by, uh, partly thanks to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Did they play OPP or maybe, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's uh, hip, hip hop, hip hop hooray. hooray! Oh, hip hop hooray! Nineteen ninety nine. Okay, Naughty by Nature is part of the soundtrack for Encounter. Yes, we all, we all of yeah, us. I, I get think, my machete. Hang on. I, hey, I think Greg, our, Bruce, our, yo. our fellow podcaster and buddy Andrew Martin just called me a boomer last week. So I guess that's a boomer thing to say. We all loved Naughty by Nature. And Eric, I apologize for saying that you are part of Generation Y. You're actually part of us. You're part of Generation X. So that is a big correction that I have to mention regarding Andrew Martin correcting us. Again, I'm pretty it, sure I'm Generation Z. I'm pretty young. You're like 12. Encounter, by the way, is... Mentally. You're mentally. Encounter is streaming on, on Amazon Prime Video. That is a five-star from Eric Holmes. Where does Bruce Perky land as far as his ratings go for Encounter? Mm, I would go three and a half on this one for me. Solid recommend from Bruce Perky. Mm-hmm. Three and a half from Bruce. And, whoa, I missed a good, basically, I missed a good to excellent movie. That's basically what's going on, going on here. Encounter, uh, Amazon Prime Video. Very solid ratings from both Eric and Bruce. Now, Bruce, I don't know if uh, this, I don't even know what your recommendation is. Did you just pretend to type this to, to get my gourd? What the heck are you doing? What is this movie? I'm ignorant. What? Is it a Charlie Brown film? Or I don't know. Revenge? What You're talking about yeah, Revenge? Eric, have you heard of Trevenge? What, what the heck is this? I, it was a movie that Bruce saw. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if Eric watched it. Uh, I did not. I did oh, not. It's too bad. Uh, this is a lot of the people on the on our page did end up watching it. I don't know if I was cursed as equally to the amount that I was praised for this movie. I think it, this is <laughs> okay. This movie is only sixteen minutes long, so it's a short, so it's an easy watch. Oh, um, I love it. Yeah. It's from 2008. You can go to YouTube and just put in Trevenge full movie. It'll pop up. Uh, it's directed by Jake Jason Eisner, uh, who did Hobo with a Shotgun. I am not a huge fan of Hobo with a Shotgun. This is his masterpiece, in my opinion, not Hobo with a Shotgun. Um, Was it made before Hobo with a Shotgun? Yes. Yes. Okay. Trevenge. Uh, well, what is Trevenge? <laughs> if you've ever wondered about the misery that Christmas trees go go through... <laughs> From the point that they are picked out, growing in the ground, cut down, and taken to people's homes. And if you ever wonder how they would get back at that injustice that's been put upon them, then Trevenge is your movie. Pre-warning, this is very, very, very gory in about the last four minutes. Okay, here's... Okay, okay. I'm looking right now. There's a little bit of a space. I'm going to edit that out. Ken Cunningham said on on the Trevenge <laughs> Trevenge thread. Ken Cunningham, just a trusted reviewer and and buddy of ours on the Cinematics Facebook group, he says, "Well, that was something." <laughs> Ryan Smith said, "LOL, wow." And then <laughs> Chad Wolfong, our buddy Chad Wolfong, who's been previously part of our a guest a guest host on our show, he goes, "I liked it for what it was, bloodier than expected." Until I saw the guy who did did it was ho- the guy who did Hobo with a shotgun. So the trees are pissed. So, okay. and then Joseph Bridges, and one more, a couple more comments. I definitely wasn't expecting a story about a genocide perpetuated against Christmas trees and the revenge that follows. Peter Beta, he, the chairman of the board for MFC, what is it? Middle class film class. I don't know how to do those M's. Middle class film class. He says, 
firmly plants the landing. I guess Pete Abeta thinks he's a comedian in the freaking Catskills. Good job, Pete, on that really nice uh, dad joke line. That's the kind of dad jokes I'd make too. Last but definitely not least is our buddy Brian O'Connell said, what in the glorious hell? <laughs> so that was uh that you listeners if you want to check out tree Venge, a bunch of our members liked it as well or like brian said he said it's what in the glorious hell are you going to be watching tree Venge, eric what do you think give, get a, give it a shot oh yeah chad wilfong says those trees are pissed i gotta watch some pissed ass trees <laughs> okay so that is bruce's weekly recommendation for uh, yeah i you know bruce usually comes up with something from shutter or something really inspiring in jalo it's so cool that he just decided to say hey you know what this week i'm just gonna have fun put up that 16 minute youtube thing tree venge all right eric you're gonna blast through your three recommendations you have approximately 60 seconds 20 seconds each let's go okay two <laughs> just directed by mar Taraganoa. uh two people a man and a woman wake up naked with their abdomens attached to each other and they have to Ew. figure out and they have to figure out why they're there. Wait, where's they the are. streaming? Where's the streaming? Two. It's streaming on Netflix, and it it is a new film. Is that how it, you get? Yeah, it's it weird. Default, it defaults. Just so you know, on Netflix, it defaults to English, and the English overdubs are not great. Um, okay. You, you're gonna want to. You're gonna want to switch to. I think it's in uh, Spanish, European Spanish. Okay. Really good. Really good. Uh, just a really tight thriller. Uh, Greg, you'll like this. It's about an hour and five minutes long. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, right after this. I'm gonna watch two. Yes, yes. sixty-five minutes. Very, very good. Uh, will will uh, Bruce like it? Will Bruce like? Will Bruce uh, think two is very good as well as? I, as I think you. so. Uh, it, it goes. It goes. It goes places at the end. Um, but this is this is about as tight of a thriller as you can have. And I mean, you got two people sewn together in a room. It, not much you can do, but they they make it work. Does it get boring? Yeah, because no. it just seems like oh okay no. because sometimes that, that, that's why I say it. it's, it's it's an hour and five minutes so they they get in and out they're like okay. it, you know like sometimes you'll see a movie where it's like two and a half hours long it's like dude this should have been a fifteen minute short what was uh, bad luck Bang or Looney porn um, yeah I'm just gonna I'm gonna edit that yeah thank you Eric very very much yeah. for it. but uh, the, this movie <laughs> kidding uh, this movie is an hour long movie it knew it was an hour long movie and it added five minutes to it because you have to have titles and credits and stuff um, that's amazing but yeah that's this amazing. one's very good I, I think it's probably a three and a half four star movie uh, very good very good three and a uh, half four star uh, movie we'll, we'll go three and a half I think most people three and would half. be fair with three and a half uh, next we have well, you went to the theaters for this one you went to the theaters don't look up yes don't well, look up no more importantly do they pay their money to see this movie worth it, worth it? don't look up okay remember Comet, how Comet pissed hitting off Earth? remember yeah. how pissed off I was with uh, President yep I was just as pissed off with Don't Look Up. Yes. The thing that made me not want to uh, pull my hair out of my head and punch the screen, run up and punch the theater screen and Don't Look Up, was, um, first of all, it was hilarious. This is like this is like a really good dark comedy. And there was a comet looming. So when stupid people do stupid things, well, I guess they're all going to die then. You get that. They try to tell you, um, but this uh, this movie I was kind of surprised because it's Adam McKay, so I figured lean uh, more left. Uh, this this movie holds everyone's feet to the fire. There's even a scene where like uh, you know the the president played by Meryl Streep, um, who doesn't give two shits about it. Like they tell him there's a they tell him there's a uh, meteor heading towards Earth, 
and their uh their first thought was uh well just wait we'll be right back and then about three hours later they rescheduled the meeting it's <laughs> funny it's like funny. what did they not not know why we're here oh yeah the meteor's coming to earth and this doesn't seem important to them it's like we'll we'll, we'll, we'll fit you in sometime tomorrow <laughs> like they, that's just how much they don't give a shit until they're worried that uh someone might leak it to the press and I'm like, well, you can't do that. And I'm like, dude, everyone's gonna die. Yeah, but you can't do that. And it, it was just, it was just infuriating. Um, but then, like that, there comes a part where uh, they're, you know, they're at the bar and they got the, you know, they're there with the real people. And one one person like hears, what, what? oh, you're the guy from TV. Yeah, yeah. And what, what are you guys talking about? You talking about that meteor thing or whatever? That moon you guys found? I'm like, it wasn't a moon. It's a meteor. You know what? Never mind. We don't have to. And then they tell them. And this this is the part because they're talking with the people now. They're talking with you and me. You know, Th- this is the part where, yeah, we're the people, and we're not going to take this anymore. Cut to riots in the street, buildings burning, <laughs> like breaking glass. Like even the common folk don't know how to handle shit because we're all a bunch of hairless apes and idiots. And this movie just this movie just paints that perfect. This movie is cynical as hell. But it's kind of accurate on a lot of things. And, you know, you hear people saying uh, Idiocracy is a, is a documentary. And this is going to be that next movie that people say that about. And it's not even a documentary. It's, it's just holding a mirror to ourselves. And one thing I like about this is I've even seen myself in this. And I, I can't remember what movie we talked about. But uh, we talked about a movie that kind of, uh, like, you could watch this movie. And if you see yourself in it, you'll, you'll reject it. Because, oh, yeah. if you want to become a better person, a lot of doing that is find the flaws in yourself and make them better. And you can see yourself in this movie because everyone's uh, everyone's represented here. I would watch this movie, find yourself in it, and then look into yourself and go, I should probably change that. And then do it. And yeah. then uh, I, I think that's probably the most value added this movie could have. Unfortunately, I think, because I've seen a couple reviews on this and... Uh, a lot of it was oh, not funny. This movie's stupid. Blah blah blah. And yes. No one would ever like. Whatever, dude. This movie's great. This movie's <laughs> great. I, I'm guessing this is a four, at least a four and a half for you, right? Uh, this we got a hat trick. We got another five star. Five star <laughs> banger. Love it. Eric Holmes giving five stars. Like it's like there's no tomorrow. I love that. That's not. I'm not joking. I love 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 that. Five stars. Eric Holmes for don't. I was gonna say don't look now. Don't look up. Right. Don't look up. Yep. Remember when we did don't look now, Bruce? From a year and a half ago. So yeah. are, you, watch, are you excited about Don't Look Up? Are you an Adam McKay guy? Is it when he got the series, like with The Vice and uh, Big Short? You like all that, 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 that version of Adam McKay? Um, I haven't seen either of them, actually. That's amazing. You haven't seen The Big Short. Oh, mm-hmm. I, did you like The Big Short, Eric? I like The Big Short. I didn't it's watch fun. Vice. Fun. Yeah. It, it, I didn't watch I Vice because uh, the same thing I was worried about this. I was like, yeah. I get it. it you, your side's good and their side's bad. I don't give a fuck. Um, Bruce, no, knowing yourself, but I mean, with this fair, like, as wide of a canvas he's spread on this, maybe I will give Vice a shot. Um, but yeah, same here, same here. I, I should have, I, you know, to be honest, I should have seen Vice. I have not seen Vice as of yet. That said, Bruce, knowing your your comedic sensibilities, I think you would love The Big Short. It is right up your alley. So, speaking of something that's right up our alley or different alleys, before we go into an alley. Eric, don't we need a little bit of a musical interlude because we've been audioing the whole night. Is there someone in that we can bring this week for our musical guest? Hold on. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Can you, I can uh, hear let, you. Let me do a quick uh, test. 
a PETA beta test. <clears throat> Yo, Pete, drop that beat. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie! No! What's in the fucking box? All right, we're back. This time, it's not for a what's in the box segment. We're, we're using that as a catch-all Peter beta music segment for the Dean Koontz. What is it called? Dean Koontz Wallet Watch. Dean Koontz Wallet Watch. Bruce, what is the, can you talk about this? Why is this? Uh, the, okay, you know what? We're just going to make sure this is actually – I'm not going to throw it to Bruce. I'm going to throw it to Eric. Why is Topkapi – why was it your choice for the Dean Koontz Wallet Watch, our monthly wallet watch? Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I watched it. I liked it, and um, I was gonna. And then we were gonna do it for the wallet, or we had the oh shoot, what was it? The Captain Coons, the Dean Coons Wallet Watch. <laughs> yeah, the Dean <laughs> Watch. Just remember, DKWW, baby, baby, yeah. Dean Coons Wallet Watch. That's it. It wasn't the it wasn't the Captain Kangaroo Walrus Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, see, I told you I was twelve. Anyway, uh, yeah, watch. Uh, I, I, you know, ever since I watched Rafifi, I, I've loved Jules Dassin. And then uh, I think Greg, you were the one that made me watch Brute Force or recommended I watch it. Yeah, watch, yeah, I we, we covered it. One. Anderson, I covered it for the Patreon as well. Brute and Fo- Brute Force, I put yeah, Brute Force, and I'm like, there's no way this is gonna be like Rafifi's so good. There's no like this is his apex and everything else is going to be lesser than Rafifi. Understood. Um, yeah. but, but Brute Force was really good too. I'm like, fuck. Okay. Great prison movie. Great prison movie. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I hadn't seen Top Copy and it was on, what was it on? I think. Each- Amazon Prime Video? Amazon Prime, yes. Yeah. Um, I, They got a couple of Jules Dassin movies in there. Unfortunately, not Rafifi. I don't know why you can't find that online, but you can't. Uh, but this one is a good, uh, this one's another heist movie. Another really good heist movie, and as far as I'm concerned, Jules Dassin's three for three, and I think I'm going to watch uh, Naked City next, and then just kind of go down his whole filmography because everything I've seen by him has been excellent. Okay, the thing about Jules Dassin, or if you're if you're a bourgeois, or if you're just you're you're international, if you're an expatriate, when Jules Dassin actually moved to Europe, I think in the mid to late fifties, and then he eventually pursued his career after being blacklisted and lived a life in Europe, Topkapi being one of these films shot in Europe. Some of it, some of the locales in Topkapi shot in Istanbul, Turkey. A lot of people in Europe, we call him Jules Dassin. They call him, do you know, Bruce, do you know what they call him in Europe? How they pronounce his last name? In France? Uh, Jules Dassin? I don't know. You can also, you can call him here in the States, Jules Dassin, or he also went by Jules Dassin. The sand. Uh, so, anyways, just that why little individuals. Yeah, the sand. So, I was, Bruce, I will what, say I like do, that from now on. Yeah, no, no, I like Dassin. I like that Jules Dassin. Very has a brute force, naked, the naked city kind of vibe to it. Really love that. But anyways, Topkapi is very. Uh, it's a very simple plot. There's a, a woman who likes rich things. She loves emeralds. She specifically has her eye on, but like three green emeralds held in a museum, and she has this cockamamie idea to get. Sort of uh, just her former lover, played by Maximilian Schell, back on board to help her steal this these green emeralds. And that's the plot. Oh, by the way, I mentioned Melina Mercury play, plays a main woman. And she eventually became Jules' wife several years in real life, several years later. But Melina Mercury, Maximilian Schell, they're supposedly the leads in this film, Bruce. I don't know if you consider them the leads. I consider the actual lead... 
this actor you may know called Peter Ustinov. He plays Arthur Simon Simpson. He plays a buffoon in this movie. I believe he won an Oscar for his work in Topkapi. He's excellent. Very, very, very good in this movie. Bruce, what did you think overall of Topkapi as a heist film? Was it entertaining for you? Absolutely entertaining. Just like we talked about um, schemes and antiques, this this kind of fills a similar you know, hole in your creative gut. You know, it's just, this is satisfying filmmaking with just great characters, great settings. Um, it's not super complicated as far as like thematics. It's kind of complicated as far as the heist goes. Uh, but yeah, it's really fun. And um, Peter Ustinov uh, pretty much seems to steal every movie he's in. I don't know what that's all about, but he's amazing. Um a couple things I want to point out. This isn't quite as high up as Refifi for me, um, because I thought that movie is... There's a difference. Because here's the big difference to me. Refifi has... So a lot of these movies have a similar thing. Refifi has them gathering the team, and then the middle of the movie is the heist, and then the last third of the movie is the after effects. And I love how that plays out in that movie. That movie's also a little bit darker. This is a little more broadly comedic. Uh, whereas this is more settling, setting up the team and then building towards the heist and finding out what the team, what their plan is and all that kind of stuff. Um, one thing I love about this movie, though, not a spoiler, but the fact that an early event in this movie causes the authorities to be on to them to some degree. And it creates a whole level of tension throughout this movie. The fact that they have to not only pull off this um, seemingly uh, undoable heist, but they also have to do it with basically the cops watching him the whole time. And I thought that was a really nice kind of a and, element and to it. They have to do it with the cops watching them and they don't know. Yeah. Like, cause, yeah. Cause the, yeah, the, the, the buffoon gets caught on an earlier yep. thing they do. And then he's like, Oh, tell us what, so the cops are in on everything. Yep. And you know, the cops are in on everything and they don't know the cops are in on everything. It's like, oh, right. Shit, how are they going to pull this off? It's like the classic the classic suspense thing, right? Because yeah. it's got the suspense of just the difficulty of the heist and knowing that at any moment they could do something that would set off alarms yeah. and things. And then you have the other aspect of like, oh my God, if they do just the wrong thing, they're going to set off the authorities. So it's like this double um, tension that kind of gets built up. And it's just also the setting. This is, I mean, seems to be a little bit of, of, of soundstage work, but mostly on location apparently in istanbul turkey and i mean there's a bunch of scenes of them on the roof of the uh the big museum that holds the jewels and everything and a bunch of buildings yeah yeah appears to be the actual location from what i can tell after i google uh, earthed it <laughs> that night when i was watching it and it looks exactly the same uh this is this is just a great fun you know bravura filmmaking from the 60s uh, this is this is a uh easy Easy, easy. Just do I, I watch think, it. You'll love it. I think one of the great things, uh, Jules Dessin, how, how do you say the last name? Jules Dassin. I, no, the, the railway. Oh, Dessin. 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 Right, Jules yeah. Dessin. What he does great in this and Brute Force and Rafifi is he takes he takes the time. We know we're there to see the heist. We know we're there to see the prison break. Um, you get a little bit of character at the beginning, and then a lot of it is just build up. And so when they finally get to the heist or the prison break, 
you know everything you need to know because they spent that time, you know, they spent the time setting the stakes, setting, okay, you're going to be here. You're going to be here. You know the geography. You know everything there. It's almost like they're bringing you in with you to pull off this high. So when they pull it off, when one thing goes wrong, you know exactly because you were there the whole time while they were setting everything up. It's just, it, it's just really fun to watch. There's one heartbreaking thing about Top Copy though. The end credits are so cool that I wanted to immediately after the end credits see a sequel to Top Copy, which it was made in 1964. It never happened. And I felt so bad because I wanted to follow these characters yet again for a sequel. Do you guys agree on that as far as the ending of Top Copy? Yes. I, I <laughs> yes. actually kind of, well, yeah, because it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look. I, I almost said something, but. Um, I I kind of saw I kind of saw this as almost a sequel to Rafifi, because it, it's kind of there's so many similarities, um, between the two of them and 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 it's again, almost like you can't find Rafifi online. Watch this. This you can find online. This is like the closest you're going to get to Rafifi without actually watching Rafifi. If you are Brian De Palma fan, Brian De Palma, I love him. I love Brian De Palma, but occasionally he'll do an homage. And the end, the the final act of Topkapi regarding the heist has De Palma copied one scene. I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that he saw Topkapi. The, the the Tom Cruise sequence when he's just uh, he's floating with a, that little wire and he's trying to not move that is lifted straight from Jules Dassin's Top Copy. Going back to Jules Dassin being an innovator, you know it, that's Top Copy ended up being actually it's a heist movie, but in many ways it, it ended up being a very pivotal influence for Mission Impossible. And Jules Dassin has a way like brute force. It really revolutionized the way prison movies are made in a, in, a, in a certain way. And of course, what was that other movie? What, Night in the City or something? That's a movie that actually influenced new, how New York crime dramas are made with Law and Order. So Dassin, even though he was blacklisted in the early 50s, he's had an amazing career. He was already close to iconic performance, iconic director status when he was in the States. And, you know, I, we still haven't seen Thieves Highway. I heard that that's a very good Jules Dassin movie. But eventually when he went to, went to Europe, he actually had a very good career in Europe as well, highlighting, of course, with the 1964 release Top Copy. I'm giving Top Copy for me. This is a three and a half star film. Solid recommend for me. Bruce Perky, your rating on Top Copy. I, I would give it four stars. I like it quite a bit. Four stars. Eric Holmes. Uh, Rafifi is one of my favorite movies. And this doesn't quite get there, but it gets close enough. And so I got—I I can't go any lower than four and a half. Four and a half. Wow. That is very, very cool. That is it. We had a very meaty show. Just a lot of stuff. I, I am. We covered. Oh, what's in the box? I do this every single week. So what's in the box? Like yeah, it's said, a bit, yeah, people. It's Eric, a bit. It's, it's Bruce, a bit. It's you do it on purpose because it's part of the show now. <laughs> yes. Again, listeners, if you have movies for Bruce Perky that you want him to watch... Email Bruce Perky at BrucePerky at gmail.com. And what is the sound effect that you're using, Eric Holmes? I apologize. Perk Tuppy, what's in the boxy? <laughs> what's in the boxy, Tuppy? Yes. <laughs> well, this was suggested by Frankie Holmes. Oh. Oh. What, an, what, a, what a familiar sort of sounding name that is. Um, Serendipity from 2001. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Serendipity. John Cusack, Kate Beckinsale. How do I know that? It's because I actually covered that press junket. I still wish I had the audio cassette from that from those interviews. Serendipity. That's yeah. Romantic but, comedy starring John Cusack. Sounds unless it say anything. I, I don't know if Bruce Berkey's gonna be big in serendipity, but we'll but, see. We'll see how he feels. I have, a, I have a story about the first time seeing serendipity, but maybe I'll just save that for uh for next episode. Save it. Yeah. Save it. it, it it's it's a good one. Okay. All right. So that's that's our that is Bruce's it's not a Dean Koontz wallet watch. It is actually a what's in the box segment, which Bruce Perky does three out of four times in a month, three times a month. So again, please email Bruce Perky if you have any any question, any movie recommendations to put in the box, BrucePerky at gmail.com. Eric Holmes, anything you want to say before we get out of here? Actually, yes. But um, you know what? I'll save that for for next week. Ne- next week or the week after. Because you mentioned that Matt Stillman got to the 500 and is getting close to the 600. Yeah, he's got to get the 600. And we've yeah. had him and Joe Bridges listed some of their favorite movies. Joseph Bridges, no, Joseph Bridges has probably had over 600, I think he said. He, I think he mentioned he Yeah, had, but I'm, I'm saying on that thing, they listed yeah. some of their favorite. So I would say if you're past the 500 mark, um, go ahead and uh, I already got Matt Stillman's. I already got Joseph Bridges. And maybe get a couple more people and just kind of blast through like some of uh, everyone's favorite movies that they saw this year. For Good the idea. first time, not necessarily 2021 movies, although they can be, but just of the 500 movies they saw were like 10 of your favorites of those 500. Yes. Congratulations again to Matt Stillman for eventually reaching 600. Again, Joseph Bridges, I believe he's, he's already surpassed 500. Joseph Bridges and Matt Stillman, all, fa- all fairness aside, those guys are the pretty much the kingpins when it comes to actually recommending movies. Joseph Bridges is probably 10,000. It's amazing. Those guys do such yeoman's work every single day. I wake up and they, they post some really interesting movies that I haven't seen. I get jealous that they actually got to see it and I feel so bad. Eventually, also, hey, Bruce and Eric, did you know this? Like Me being a boomer, I, I realize now whenever I actually want to actually see what a movie, any reactions to certain movies that I might want to see, I'll actually go to our Cinematics Facebook group and thanks to people like Matt Stillman, Joseph Bridges, Chad Wilfong, Nathan Day, all those people, Andrew Martin, I'll just type in a movie and I'll see people's reactions. Do you guys ever do that, Bruce? Mm-hmm. Eric, have you? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, for example, for for this week's for this month's Cinematics Patreon, Anderson and I were covering a movie called You mentioned Hairless Ape earlier in the podcast, Eric Holmes. And Anderson's pick for this month is a movie called The Hairy Ape from 1944. Oh. And my 1944 pick is a movie called The Miracle of Morgan's Creek. I looked up The Miracle of Morgan's Creek over at the Cinematics Facebook group. And guess, do you guys have any guess who actually saw it? Uh, Joseph Bridges. Joseph Bridges. Bruce, what do you think? I'm going to say Joseph Bridges. Oh, you're going to say Joseph Bridges. Oh, we have, have a lot of, you guys have a lot of faith in Joseph Bridges. Or, That's or, the, could be or, Andy Clark. Or Angie Clark. Okay, oh. Dark Horse gets in there. She oh, some good. stuff sometimes. So. We love Angie Clark. We love Angie Clark. But I guess you guys don't love Matt Stillman because that was a person who oh. saw it. It was Matt Stillman. It was Matt Stillman. And I was reading his mini review of The Miracle of Morgan's Creek. And by the way, we're going to talk about that on Patreon. But Bruce, Eric, can you name one of your favorite comedic performances by a female? Just right off the top of your head or just... It doesn't have to be your favorite. It doesn't Cecily have to be... strong in almost everything she's in SNL. Oh, very, very good. Okay, Bruce, you have something that you want to throw out there? Madeline Kahn. Oh, very good. (laughs) Yes. In anything? She's amazing. Uh, Probably Young Frankenstein or maybe High Anxiety, but Young Frankenstein. I love her so much in there. I was just about to say, I was was like, I can't do Cecily Strong because that's TV, but I was about to say Madeline Kahn and Yellowbeard or just, yeah, anything. Anything. In anything, yeah. you know, didn't Eric Holmes? Didn't you review Yellowbeard months ago on on the show? Yes. That's a good one. 
That's uh, yeah. It, it, it doesn't hold up. Hold, the, hold uh, up because of the woke culture. Doesn't hold up. Yeah, Not really. Right. My parents took me to see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's is the that... age I grew up in. Wait, wait, wait. Take was... him in the back of the pickup with no seatbelts. Throw a beer in the back and a couple cigarettes, and take him to Yellowbeard. Oh wait a second. I thought pre- I, President was our unanimous ultimate find your film pick of the week. Are you saying Bruce Yellowbeard might be our number one for this week? Woke culture, no, be damned. No. 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 No, no, no. <laughs> no. Anyways, I'm halfway through with The Miracle of Morgan's Creek, directed and written by Preston Surges, starring this actress named Betty Hutton. Absolutely blown away. This has to be one of the best comedic performances I've seen, period. So really looking forward to you guys. I don't know if you guys like Sullivan's Travels or any of Preston Surges' material, but this one is just absolutely fantastic. And who knows, maybe down the road, maybe we'll do some kind of Preston Surges thing. You know, like, oh, by the way, next week, listeners, check out our I've been pushing this for the last three weeks. My fault. What are we going to do, Bruce? Do you know what we're, we're going to do for next week? Because you do our show notes. You're the you're the show organizi- organizer. Oh, what are we we're going to do, gonna do the week? we're going to do the um the eight shades of new me. What are we calling it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Eight shades, eight shades of Dean Koontz and new me rapace or rapace. I don't know how to pronounce it. Maybe rapace, rapace. New me number yeah, and we're gonna co- we're gonna cover a bunch I of movies. I call her Rapache. 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 I official. don't know. Maybe I might see. A lot of people haven't been too keen on Lamb, but Lamb is That's getting a lot of critically acclaimed reviews here. I know Bruce, you, you didn't like it. So, yes. You yeah. know how she got her last name? Rapace. Rapace. Yes. Yeah. Oh, her and no. her husband got married, and they made up a last name, and they, that's what they both go by now. Very R- good. Rapace is a made-up name. Or a name that, that they both chose to go as their name after they got married. That is very, very interesting. Are you? Have you seen Lamb yet, Eric? Have you seen Lamb? No. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen Lamb yet. I don't think Bruce recommended Lamb, but we're going to be covering whatever happened and what happened to Monday next week. You're just going to do a little rewind on that. And what was the other movie, Bruce, that we're going to cover for Rapace? Rapace? What was the other the movie? Trip, the trip, the trip, the oh, yeah. trip. We're going to be covering that. And <laughs> Eric's like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a little curve. This is going to be a little thing. I want all three of us to, after just covering those two movies for next week from the Numi Show, we're going to actually each of us, we're going to do a very quick, maybe one minute, two minute recommend of another Numi Rapace or a past film that we also love. So we're going to keep that in secret to each other. We don't know what. I'm not going to know Eric, and I'm not. I'm not going to know Eric's picks or Bruce's pick. Maybe we might overlap. Who knows what'll happen? I know exactly what my pick is for next week because I really, really love this Numi Rapace or Rapace film. Before we go, oh, also we're going to be uh, re- we're going to be reviewing a movie called Drive My Car. That just received uh, that uh, foreign film that is getting a lot of acclaim. And do you guys know how long Drive My Car is? Do you guys have an, any idea? Two hours and fifty five minutes. Yes. You ready for that, Eric? Yeah. Okay. I, well, mean, I, I saw two. That was an hour. So the, the extra hour, I'll, I'll apply it to two, so it'll even out. <laughs> okay, so we will be reviewing Drive My Car. There's some people in our members group who've already seen Drive My Car, and they also love that movie as well. So it's going to be a Drive My Car, Numi Rapace week, and we'll see what what will happen as far as Bruce's pick. What was your pick again, Bruce? I'm just getting seen out again for the What's in the Box. What was that What's in the Box pick again? They just serendipity? Got? Serendipity. Oh, hey, Eric. Let's not watch that movie together, okay? Let's not. Let's not. Let's let's, let's uh, let Bruce twist in the wind with that serendipity pick. What do you think? Or are oh, you gonna I, help him I, out? I, I've already seen that movie a bunch of times. Oh, okay, okay, I'm disgusted. A bunch of times. All right, okay, very good. No, no. I, to be honest, I actually like serendipity. So who knows? Maybe Bruce might actually fall in love with this wonderful romantic comedy known as Serendipity. Before we go, as all, per usual, Bruce Berkey, final thoughts, final words. Uh, just a quick advice: if you go to watch Treevenge. 
uh, it will default to dubbed. And you want to make sure you turn it back to Christmas tree and get the the subtitles there. <laughs> okay, very. But what a what a Son festive, a insightful thing that Bruce had to say. Yeah, dry wit. We love it. We'll see you guys next week here on Find Your Film. Take care, guys.